Hey guys, welcome on in to another episode of Stacking Dubs. This is your host, Chris Chin. This is the first loss we've had since we started this podcast. Thought this day might come at some point. Had hoped it would be for a little while. We're on a little five-game streak there. Did everything we could to, to continue stacking dubs. But ultimately, the Warriors fall to the Clippers last night, 130 to 125. Warriors blow a 15-point lead, outscored 44 to 28 in the fourth quarter. Yes, 44 points in the fourth quarter. After what had been a pretty good defensive effort for most of the game, all in all looked pretty good other than a few lapses, particularly at the end of quarters. Surrendered an 8-0 run heading into the half that trimmed a 15-point lead down to 7. End of the third quarter, gave up a three at the buzzer, and then the fourth quarter was just an absolute atrocious showing. Defensive effort had lapses. Offense couldn't really get going. It seemed as if the turning point was when, ironically, the Clippers melted down. Ty Lue gets ejected. Whole scuffle entails, and after Ty Lue was ejected... Clippers outscored the Warriors 36 to 22 from that point forward. So Warriors, this is their sixth loss of the season, blowing a 15 point lead. That hurts guys. Six losses. Even if you assume one time you're going to lose a 15 on a 15 point lead, that's still five more wins that would put us five games above 500. And yet here we sit 26 and 26 still looking in and the play in on the playoff picture, just hanging on to the 10th seed. Only the Spurs have more losses went up by 15 points in the NBA this year. And what makes it even worse is that we've also already done this against the Clippers having blown a 22 point lead to them earlier this season. So a tough, tough, frustrating loss to take. 37 to 18 on free throws. We just, it started off pretty good. We didn't, we didn't foul too much in the first quarter. Started to get away from us a little bit towards the end. Couldn't stay in front of people, particularly Paul George. And well, it all just kind of unraveled from there. But the Warriors were clean on turnovers. This is one of the few games where we've won the turnover margin, but lost the game. So all in all, disappointing end to this. There were things that we liked. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. The Warriors did look like the, the championship contending team that we've put together over the past month. For the, maybe the first two and a half, three quarters of this game looked like we were in firm control. 10-point lead or more for pretty much the entire game. Yes, I know the Clippers were missing Kawhi Leonard. But Steve Kerr even said it before the game that one of the worst things and I don't know how much, how 100% truth, truthful he's being here. But when a player, when a, you hear the team in front of you has their best player or players missing the game, there's just going to be a natural letdown. And for him, that's, he says, the worst news I can get before a game is that a guy like Kawhi Leonard's going to be out and your team's just going to have a little bit of a letdown. Well, I don't think the Warriors had a letdown because Kawhi was out. I do think they had letdowns and lack of focus towards the end of quarters. And particularly once the Clippers seemingly melted down, I believe the Warriors were up nine points at that point. Ty Lue gets ejected. Everything's falling apart. Plumlee 
clocks uh, Brandon Pajemski. There's a flagrant foul. JK bumps him. Everyone's jawing at each other. There's blood everywhere, or at least a little bit of blood dripping from Plumlee's nose throughout the game. But Lou gets tossed in that. Draymond's flexing four fingers at people. Really funny part of it. But ultimately, the Warriors had a lapse because of it. And we've seen this before. And it's one of the Warriors' Achilles heels, if not the Achilles heel for the season. Steve Kerr thinks, it, thinks it's a one-off situation that we had this lapse. I hope maybe it's a one-off with this new current version of the Warriors this season, but we've seen it before. We've seen it many times earlier in the season. Yes, a leopard doesn't, or sorry, no, a leopard does not change their spots overnight. It takes a little bit of work. And well, we saw that some of those ugly spots and blemishes still remained on the leopard that is the Warriors. So the moments and the, the events that really led to our demise following the the Lou ejection Clippers ended up taking the lead with about six minutes left. They got hot from three Norman Powell catches fire hits at least three corner threes. None of them even touch rim had a great game. One of the leaders for sixth man of the year in the NBA, even with Paul George fouling out with three Oh seven remaining, the Warriors were unable to, to get the stops they needed. Curry, we must have been down either five or seven at this point. Misses a layup, an easy layup. Curry played well, but that missed layup really hurt, uh, especially as we started to come back in the final seconds at those extra two points. Huge difference. And then we had some life down by three, about 40 seconds left. Clay Thompson decides to foul Russell Westbrook. At the time, I'm thinking, okay, at least Westbrook's not a good free throw shooter. If he just splits these free throws, it's not the worst foul in the world. But knowing the strategy, knowing that Steve Kerr was screaming, do not foul, no fouls, and his reaction and the bench's reaction when Clay fouls Westbrook in the backcourt, Westbrook proceeds to knock down both free throws. And that effectively sealed the game. Oh, until the Warriors ended up scoring, again have a chance to get a stop and procure the rebound, get the stop, do not secure the rebound. I hate to point fingers, but Clay Thompson right there in the middle of a, a half-assed box out that didn't quite secure the rebound. I know Pajemski was in the area also. Sometimes rebounds don't quite go to you. I need more effort there. Clay, really, really tough game here especially down the stretch between the mental mistake of fouling Westbrook and then just the lack of effort intensity to finish the possession, secure the rebound. Not going to put this one all on clay, but not a good look coming off of a good game. despite a lot of uh, skepticism and criticism recently, this game did not do a lot to ease concerns. So those are the, the events that ultimately led to our demise, but Again, it was just a general defensive lapse the entire fourth quarter that really did us in. So where do we go from here? Well, one thing I've I've always learned, I learned it from my dad, I learned it from my coaches, whatever sport you're playing or whatever event happens that is adversity. You lose a game, you make a bad play, something bad happens in your life. What did we learn from this experience? You know, what did you learn about yourself more specifically? And well, this is a great chance to have some free learning experience 
the Warriors haven't lost in quite some time. So now that they lost, we can we can take this as free education. And these days in America, we know how expensive education can be with all the student loan crisis, the cost of graduate grad school. So you know what? We get some free education here and a chance to learn about ourselves. Wow. What priceless, priceless gifts that we're getting from this game. So we're going to take the silver lining approach. We're going to learn about what we did wrong here and what we can learn about ourselves as a team, all free of charge. So we're not going to, we're going to go right back to the fourth quarter defensive laps. We're learning that that is not out of our system yet. We've already talked about how many times we've done that before. That's something that the Warriors are going to have to remind themselves and be conscious of that at any given point in time, we cannot let up no matter how big the lead is. We've lost some gigantic leads this year. 15 points tonight was actually on the more mild side of some of the atrocious losses we've had. Serves as a reminder that you can never be complacent no matter how, how in shambles the other team looks and seems to be. Things can change in the snap of a finger and things can go south very quickly as they did tonight. Also learning the Warriors need to finish quarters better and it was a lot the the closing lineup. So it was a lot of, you know, the, the starters, Curry, Dre, Wiggins, Kaminga, and then Pajemski closed a lot here and then Clay had a little bit of a time which we already talked about at the end of the game. The closing lineup, which had been so good, I will take my chances with the starting five or with this, what we'll call the closing five. Been one of the best net ratings in the league, or been the best net rating in the league over the past seven or eight games. Didn't close quarters today. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a lack of focus. I don't know if it was schematically. This lineup just didn't play well together. But we learned that this lineup really struggled to defend. And on a night like tonight, we really struggled to score because Wiggins and Kaminga had a very passive game. Neither put much pressure on the rim. Kaminga a little bit in the first half, but more or less disappeared and was very passive in the second half. And really what kills this, this lineup, and even more so when Clay's playing, but I'm mainly talking about Wiggins and Kaminga, is that we get no playmaking, no passing from that those wings. It's very, very difficult to create offense other than isolating isolation scoring with those two wings on the court with the ball. There were multiple times when Wiggins, he scored on it, but there was a time when Kirby's wide open for three, waving his hands, and Wiggins just didn't see him. Uh, there's another instance later in the game, Wiggins just kind of missed a, a swing pass and just doesn't really seem to, to see the floor very well. Kaminga actually may be a little bit better. Kaminga had six assists tonight. Not quite playmaking, uh, but finding the right guys. That's less off the dribble playmaking is, is what I mean. That's the reason why this Pajemski, putting Pajemski in this lineup has been really effective because it gives us another playmaker. It gives us someone that can be a connector. It's somebody that, that can bring this lineup together in addition to Steph and Dre to really get this offense humming. Unfortunately, it wasn't there tonight. Really, again, the issue was the wings. Combined between Clay, Wiggins, and Kaminga, 34 points between the three of them. So they're each averaging about 11 across the board. That's not going to get it done. I've said my target number for the three of them is to combine for about 55 points. Depends on the game, but that's my target number between the three of them. So we're really talking about 18 points each. 
yes, usually that will be mean somebody's going to be up in the 20s, somebody's going to be in the mid-teens, and then someone else needs to be closer to about 18 points. None of them were even in that area. Clay, 12 points, three rebounds, one assist. He was four of 14 from the field and one of nine from three. I like that he's starting to settle into that pull-up in the mid-range. Those were two of his buckets. That will hopefully that will start to grow and to come because I, I like that shot selection a little better, but ultimately just couldn't get shots to fall. And that's that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna live with Clay shooting the ball, but nights like these, he needs to find other ways to be effective. And tonight he did pretty much the exact opposite of that and when it mattered the most. Wiggins, 10 points, six rebounds, three assists. He was four of 10 from the field. Kaminga was okay, again, better in the first half, but he ended up finishing with uh, with 13 points, eight rebounds, six assists, six of 13 from the field. So he ha- he played well all around with rebounds, assists, um, helped a very good defense for the most part. But again, where you need some more scoring out of those three. Here's what I liked about the game. Well, first off, we're going to talk about the star of the game, Brandon Pajemski for the Warriors. Pods, 25 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. He has five threes on five attempts, and he was nine to 12 from the field. Absolute studly performance, probably his best game as a Warrior. He is the only player, not even rookie, only player ever in NBA history to have 25 points, five rebounds, five assists, five threes on 100% shooting from three coming off of the bench i know that's a mouthful and it's a lot of stipulations but still that is elite company because he's the only one there and he is elite spoiler alert love pajemski great game from pods overall this game despite losing it pods performance is an overall net win for the warriors we i feel 100 percent confident that pods can play 30 minutes a game and he's not a liability in anyway except maybe at the free throw line but that's that's neither here nor there um drew another two charges on the defensive end he leads the nba in charges drawn by himself now and just for a 6-4 rookie to to have that sort of rim protection that's a version of rim protection right um just the the awareness and the activity on defense the awareness the activity on rebounding and then just everything he does on offense including now which I thought would come along last is his scoring. No, he's not going to have five threes every game on perfect shooting, but he is finding ways to get to the rim. He's got that nasty little slow-mo Euro step that I can't wait to see thousands of times over the course of his career as a Warriors fan. He's just very crafty. He's just so smart on in every aspect of the game. It is crazy to see how, how much he's come along, even since summer league, where you see glimpses of this, but you also saw him struggle to get any sort of a good look, uh, especially at the hoop. I was like, man, this guy might only score like five or six points for the first few seasons. How did he improve so much? I, it's just, I think it's an, a, it's a testament to his mentality. He has a, a, a military upbringing. I believe his dad was in the military. I believe he went to boarding school. I, I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's what I heard. It's just, he's he thinks that way he trains that way he's committed to winning and playing the right way just a very high high iq player as i'm saying all this you know it's 
he has that that mamba mentality this the the will to be great and the sacrifice to be great um, I see I see that in pods and I just love every bit of it despite being limited in stature size speed athleticism everything he finds ways to be a very effective player in this league and it's scary the thought of Pajemski and an emerging Kaminga we'll see how consistent Kaminga can be but we're we're talking about two potential all-stars Kaminga I am sure will be an all-star at some point Pajemski is going to be right there. And when he puts it all together, I can see him just being a, a Manu Ginobili type career, just long, consistent, productive career. Uh, and the two of them, if they can get there as, as soon as they are. Now you pair that with your Steph Curry, you pair that with Draymond Green, and then a combination of either Wiggins, Clay, or we're going to revisit this idea because Anthony Slater floated. The Warriors are looking for a star wing player. In the offseason, we're going to see what happens with Clay restructuring his, co his contract. Not even restructuring, but signing for less. Wiggins might still be available for trade. We have Chris Paul's expiring contract. We have some picks. We need to get under that second apron. But if our cards are played right, we can bring in a an elite small forward. And I'll just drop his name because it was dropped earlier this week, LeBron James. Warriors were flirting with LeBron James. Draymond Green reached out to Rich Paul, LeBron James' agent, to see if LeBron had any interest playing with the Warriors, to which LeBron said, nah. -uh. But the thought process is there, and we will see after the season because LeBron's contract, he has a player option for the, to return to the Lakers. Seems happy in LA, but you just never know how the cookie crumbles. We're getting, we're digressing. My point is, Pajemski, bright future ahead, paired with Jonathan Kaminga. They have my vote for president if they ever decided to run together. Unless Steph Curry ran for president. Because, well, the the chef, the prez, whatever we want to call him, Steph Curry, he can do all things. And that's the quote that's written on his, his shoes. I can do all things, including pregame, making a 120-foot shot from the tunnel. I have never seen... I see him attempt that shot. I don't think I've ever seen him make it, which it seems like he hasn't, but he banks it in. Crowd goes crazy. On Wikipedia online, on the, sorry, on the Guinness Book of World Records online, it says the longest basketball shot ever made has been 113 feet. So we're going to have to see if Curry gets his name in the record books here. I've seen some guy, the guys from Dude Perfect hit some shots from an airplane. So I don't know what we're constituting. Maybe it's a ground level shot, but I would also be surprised if they haven't hit that. Maybe it's inside of an arena. There's, there can be some some qualifiers here. But Curry, nevertheless, hits a crazy shot to begin the game. Uh, or sorry, before the game. Uh, during the game, well, he proceeds to hit another nine three-pointers. Brings him up to 36 threes in his last four games, which ties Steph Curry for most three-pointers made in a four-game run. He is the first player ever to have seven plus threes in four consecutive games. And he did that midway through the third quarter in this one. Curry was good. He wasn't efficient, but he had 41 points, four rebounds, five assists. He was nine of 19 from three. Nine threes is great. He shot just under his, I think, what is that? 45%-ish, something like that. So, I mean, that's just under what his, his normal average is. But what's impressive here is Steph's ability to get off so many three-point attempts. 
Like we already know he's going to shoot 45-ish percent from three in any given game. And it's just a matter of can he get the shots up? And I'm just in admiration of his ability at his size, his he's athletic and he's strong, but let's be real, he's not the fastest player in the league. Um, but the ability to get off so many three-point attempts when everybody is keying in on it, there's at least one and a half defenders essentially guarding the three-point line anytime Curry's on the floor. They guard him the second he's inside the half-court line and sometimes even further. It's just, it's it's so impressive how many shots he's able to get up and especially when he's hot as he has been, just you would think every defense would just stay attached to him, yet he still finds ways to get open. And that's also a credit to the Warriors system. But most specifically, what it really is, I, I can't believe his conditioning. The conditioning where you see him, you know, sprint all the way up the court, run run off several screens, doesn't necessarily even get the ball in that possession, sprints back on defense, other team attacks him in a pick and roll, the entire possession he's he's guarding, getting knocked over, get whatever happens. Then he's sprinting back the other end, comes off, you know, 20 seconds of screens, catches the ball full sprint, and then just drains a three. It's the amount of conditioning after several sprints to be able to get, collect yourself, be on balance, and knocked out a three-point shot. It is just incredibly, incredibly difficult to ever do that, let alone as consistently as he does. The, the drill, if you've seen it, that he does in practice, which it's a legendary drill. It's the five-star drill. Top five cross draw. I forget what they call it, but Michael Porter Jr. was explaining it, and a couple others that have trained with Steph. What Steph does is he essentially run, has the full court to himself. He sprints from one corner of the court all the way down to the other side of the court in the corner, shoots a three, comes back across to the other corner, shoots a three. Uh, essentially, does this five times for five different spots on each end of the court. Um, so he's essentially shooting, doing 10 sprints and knocking down all 10 of those three pointers. And if he misses, he's repeating the drill. And essentially he's just running sprints for five minutes straight and hitting threes. It's just the most insane thing ever. So a testament to his work ethic and at his age to still be able to do something like that and have the legs and the body control. It's just, it nothing ceases to amaze me with that guy. So looking ahead, another game tonight, we go right back to Utah in, I believe this is the makeup game, uh, or it could have been on from Tuesday, but nevertheless, we go right back to Utah for one of the games that was postponed. Tough back-to-back after a hard-fought battle last night, we return right back to altitude in Salt Lake City. It sounds like what Steve Kerr said after the game, that all the veterans are making the trip, and they it sounds like they will all be playing. We'll see if Clay plays because he's been resting on back-to-backs recently. But big game now all of a sudden. Can't go into the All-Star break on a two-game losing streak after all that's happened leading up into this break. So really need to bunker down, need to pack that defense up, need to fight through a little bit of fatigue, which may be plaguing this team a little bit. You can just see towards the end of quarters, uh, towards the end of the games, a little bit of let up. Maybe it's fatigue, lack of focus, whatever you want to call it. Needs to needs to be improved tonight. Let's go dominate the Jazz again. We know we can do it. We just gotta get it done. After that, we got a week off for the All Star break before we return to another back to back, starting with the Lakers out the break. But we'll get there when we get there. Until next time, this has been Christian. Peace, love, and stacking dubs.